0: The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still waters. His goodness restores my soul. And I will trust in you, and I will I will trust trust in you alone And I will trust in you alone For your endless mercy follows me Your goodness will be my ways in righteousness, and He anoints my head with all, and my cup is overflow. I will trust in trust I will trust in you and I will trust I will trust in you. Your endless mercy follows me Your goodness will lead me home Hello and
1: welcome to worship. This Sunday, the 6th of September, it's wonderful to be able to welcome you into this moment and into this space as together we give our thanks and our praise to God. Whether you have joined with us for many years or whether you are fairly new to us or perhaps this is the very first time that you have joined with us, Whichever one it is, you are very welcome. And so as we come into this space, let's come before God in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, you have called us here to this moment to meet with you. We do not welcome you into our presence, for Lord, you are always there and you gather us into your presence. You call each one of us by name, tenderly, lovingly. May we hear your whisper in our ear. May we know your arm surrounding us, drawing us near. May we sense your love poured out over us, filling us. For God, you love us. You loved us even before we were made. You loved us in eternity. And that love was shown for us in the gift of your Son, Jesus, who took on flesh, who lived, who knew sorrow, who knew celebration, who knew friendship, who knew life, who knew death. A Lord whom you raised to life again, so that we might know you. You who threw the stars into space, you who make the birds sing, you who paint the sunset, you who sprinkle the rain, you Lord, maker and sustainer of all. Love us so much that you would would take on flesh and die so that we might know you and know the life in all of its fullness that you promise us and offer to us. And Lord, as we are filled with the wonder of that thought, we come to you to offer our praise, and our thanksgivings, but also to offer our confessions, because we know that in our humanness, we do wrong. And so, Lord, for the times this week, when we have not known patience, when we've answered angrily, when we have simply turned our backs on those whom we know need our help. We ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, as we offer our confessions, we ask that we would know and be assured of your love and your forgiveness and your acceptance, Lord. May that forgiveness fill us May it wash over us and may it delight us so that we might share that forgiveness and that grace and that mercy wherever we go. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Over these last few weeks, we've been thinking about prayer, the sense in which it is. In prayer that we draw close to God, where we sense that feeling of homecoming, where we can share the little things of life and the big things and where we can be truly known by God and of us seeking to know God better too. We've thought about simple, everyday prayers, as children coming to a parent. We've thought of the prayer of examine, but at the very centre of any thoughts about prayer, or any teachings about prayer, are some important things. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving and asking God for our needs. But before we get into any of that, let's catch up with our story of the week. Hi, I thought I would do a <coughs> story of the week this week with my noisy dog while I'm out for a walk. It's Saturday afternoon and I'm here in the middle of Bee Craigs Park in one of my favourite bits, the really old, deep part of the wood where there's a lovely, um, it's very dark and deep, but right the way up here, just you'll see it behind me, there's an avenue <coughs> of <coughs> birch beech trees. And so they're very dark, Uh, not dark, they're very green in the midst of the brown of the the fir tree trunks. And I'm out walking, I'm out walking with Sam, my noisy dog, who thinks I should just do nothing but throw sticks for him. And I thought I would just share with you a little of my week. We've had a busy week this week, a busy week with work, uh, but also... uh, Reese turned 21 this week, so we had a birthday in the middle of this week, a big significant birthday. We've had college, new college course starting for Donald. Finley and Duncan are back at school and Reese is waiting. He's doing some bits and pieces of work um, with a friend who does some, has a joinery business, so he's doing that just now until his job starts in a few weeks um, doing grounds maintenance at a traineeship in that. It's a big change in the manse uh, as people go off and do new courses and new bits of work and things like that. And big moments of turning 21. Look at the green of that tree behind me. It's beautiful. I love that bit of the wood. And I'm out walking. I like walking. But I'm also out walking because over the month of September, I've committed to walking 108 miles. That's Or walking and running 108 miles. And that's the distance that refugees make between Cali and London. Over these past weeks and months, I've followed with anger, with sadness, and with a deep question of why God, the news stories of what the BBC and other channels and our governments, or at least the, the UK government, calls migrants. Many of whom are trapped in the channel in small boats. One even died in a small boat and was left there for days. And I want to raise the awareness and the plight of of these people who leave homes and countries torn apart by war to try and come to our shores and seek refuge and safety and sanctuary. And so, over the month of September, I'm running and walking, covering the distance on foot between Cali and London, 108 miles. And as I am, I'm raising money for British Red Cross and the work that they do with refugees. And so, if you see me out with my bright red T-shirt on, which says miles for refugees across the front of it, then, take your horn, give me a wave as I run around... Uh, Boness, and if you see me out walking, then I'll chat because I can chat while I'm walking. I can't chat while I'm running. That's not all I've been doing. I've also been thinking about the landscape that we're in at the moment as a church. Over the weeks and months since we last met in person in March, All of the, all of the structures, all of the way that we do church, all of what we know has been swept away. And we've had to adapt and find new ways of working. But it reminds me, it doesn't as much remind me, but as I walk through this wood at different points today, I have come on bits which in the past few years have been cleared and, as they're cleared, as the, the managed species are culled and cleared away, and the ground is left, over the years, there you know, I see the beautiful colours behind me. Over the years, the, the barren landscape is recolonized by native species. And so, first of all, the grass moves in, and then the ferns, and then the rowan, and the birch, and the beech, and the oak. They all move into those spaces that the managed forest, when it's cleared, creates. The land is rewilded. And so as I've walked this afternoon, and I've walked through the different areas in the country park, bits like this where you have the whole sense of the managed forest all round about me, apart from this line of green. And it's just one line of green. Here you are, you see it stretching all the way back down the length of this bit of the path, just in the space between the managed wood on either side, where the daylight gets through and the native species can spring up. That happens on a much bigger scale in the bits that are cleared. But it makes me wonder, in these days when everything that we know of church has been cleared away, all of the things that we normally do and normally associate with being our church are stopped. What's God doing in the midst of it? What might the landscape of our church, what might the landscape of our community, what might the landscape of our congregation look like in two years or five years or ten years or twenty years? What seeds is God planting during this time that we're not even aware of? And we will see the fruit of them in the time and the seasons to come. And so maybe as you go through your week and you pray and you look for the places that you've encountered God, why not wonder, have a holy wonder about what seeds, what fruit, what seeds might be planted and what fruit might be harvested in the years to come. I think it's exciting as we look forward in faith and wonder just what our future as the people of God in this half of Bones, what God has in store for us and what the future will you be have like. talked about thankfulness before. But it's such an important part of our faith. Life is full of ups and downs, good points and bad points. Times when we want to shout out our thank yous to God and other times when we want to scream and shout and rage at God for the unfairness for the pain, for the brokenness. Why? Why, we want to ask God. Why us? And in those times, it can be very difficult to be thankful. Think about some of the times that you've wanted to scream at God, or maybe did scream at God. And yet, I know that for many of you, Those hard and difficult times have been transformed in the simple act of thankfulness. Thanksgiving is at the very centre of our faith and at the very centre of our prayers. Let's hear God's word from the book of Revelation, the last book in our our Bibles, chapter 5, verses 1 to 14.
2: Today's reading is from Revelations chapter 5, reading from verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or in earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept. Because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside, then one of the elders said to me, "Do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals." Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircling by the sorry encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people, and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard my voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they were saying worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise and then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped.
1: Thank you. I love that vision of everything. Everything on heaven, everything in heaven even, and on earth, worshipping Jesus at the ends of time. But how, when we live in the here and now, in the painfulness and very often the disappointment, and in the humdrum and in the heights of everyday life, can our worship be like that? One word. Thankfulness. Any one of us could share our story of life. And we would all share the same story, I'm quite sure, of highs and lows mountaintop moments of joy and celebration and valleys of grief, despair and disappointment. If we think about it, life in and of itself isn't holy. Life in and of itself isn't really that meaningful, but it can be made both meaningful and holy by one word, thankfulness. Because thankfulness transforms life. Transforms it from the humdrum and meaninglessness of toil and sorrow and all of these things. It consecrates it, transforms it, gives it to God to use for God's purposes. And that makes it both holy and meaningful. Take the simple everyday moment of sitting down for a meal, whether you're alone or with others. And eating. Does that in itself have meaning? It gives our bodies fuel that we need. But is that in and of itself a holy moment? Not really. But that moment can be transformed into something else by giving thanks to God for the food, by asking God to bless it to us, to our body's use, by giving thanks for those who have prepared it and for those who gather around our table and share it with us. In that ordinary moment, or in that, or, in that moment of giving thanks, of thankfulness, the ordinary, is transformed. The ordinary becomes holy. It's offered to God. It's not that God is invited into the moment of the space, for God is already there, but we become aware of God's presence and the food is offered to God that God might use it. That moment, that food, is now consecrated. It's holy through thankfulness. Jesus and his disciples grew up in a world of thought in which to bless a thing and give thanks for it were one and the same. In thanking God for our food, it's blessed. But do we always have to speak that thankfulness out? Do we always have to form that sense of thankfulness that wells up within us into a prayer and vocalise it? Neville Ward, in his book, The Use of Praying, says no. What matters most is that there is thankfulness in our minds. Thankfulness, then, is a state of being. And there we have that sense of consciousness again and mindfulness slipping in that we had last week as we thought about the prayer of examine and doing that carefully and in God's presence and being aware of God's presence with us throughout our day as we recall the things that we do. It's that same sense, isn't it, of of recognising that all that we have is given to us by God, a good and gracious God. And then we want to respond with thankfulness But we would probably all agree that thankfulness is easy when things are going well and going according to our plan. What about always though, when things are tough? Is it possible to be truly thankful then? It's difficult, isn't it? Some might say it's impossible to live truly, truly thankfully in all circumstances. It's hard to explain how, how we might be thankful for the things that happen that are hard on us in life. The disability or the chronic condition or pain that we or a loved one have to live with day by day. The sudden death of a child or a spouse or a loved one, the end of a marriage, the loss of a job, all part of the pain of life. Is it possible still to be thankful for them or in the midst of dealing with the trauma of them? I want to say yes, and I don't say it lightly. Because I'm sure there are some of you out there right now in the midst of pain, who wonder how. How can I still be thankful when all of this has happened? when life as I know it has ended and you want me to give thanks. At its very centre, Christian prayer centres around thanksgiving and adoration. A thanksgiving to God for the very nature of who God's self is even in the midst of pain and sorrow, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of disaster, where it feels as though life has ended. We can still give thanks. We can still have a thanksgiving for the love that God has for us. A love that sustains us even in the midst of sorrow and suffering. A love so great that God came in flesh, face to face with us, took, taking on the very vulnerabilities of and frailties of life, the pain and the suffering of life, even to the point of death, the most awful type of death in those days, the shamefulness of death on a cross. Took on all of that, so that you and I might know the depth of the love that God has for you and for me. And Christ rose triumphant over the grave. He defeated death. And therefore we might know and have the hope that this life, all that it offers us, is not the end. That God can work through all things, promises that he works through all things, for the good of those who love him. And that God, the God of resurrection, can transform our darkness, into light, can make all things new, and will turn our sorrows into dancing. And isn't that something to give thanks for? Thankfulness, then, turns very naturally into adoration as we want to turn around to God and give him thanks and praise. Delight in all that he gives us. Delight in his presence with us and his love for us. Just for the very fact of God being God. I'm not saying it's easy, particularly in the darkest of times. And believe me, I've been there on quite a few occasions throughout my life. I'm not talking from anything here except my own experience. It takes perseverance. It takes, it takes discipline. But God can and does take the brokenness and the hurt in our hearts and transforms it with thankfulness. As in the midst of the hurt and the heartache, we give thanks for the simple things that we do have. They are blessed. Blessed to us, gifts to us, by a loving God. In that moment of recognition, our hearts are transformed and we are moved to worship, to pray, to come into God's presence, to sit a while with him and feel his arms around us as we say thank you and recognise that all things are in God's hands. How are things with you? Are you in a season where there seems to be lots to give thanks for and it's easy to give thanks? Or is thanksgiving much more difficult just now? As I said, it's a discipline. Why not set aside a little time each day this week to name before God something that you are thankful for. Recognise it as a blessing from God to you. And know God's goodness and love for you in the moment as you do. And then perhaps you might notice the shift within you as you turn And offer to God a moment of thanksgiving and worship or adoration. Perhaps now as we listen to some music, there might be some thoughts that come to mind. Why not offer them to God in prayer?
3: sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul
1: come close to God in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, Father, you give us all of the things, the good, good things that we have and we come to you with thanksgiving and praise. We thank you. We thank you for the wonder that we see in the autumn colours around us. We thank you for the love that we see in family and friends. We thank you for the simple, the simple gifts of food on our table and clean water in our taps. We thank you for all of the ways that you care for us and nurture us. We thank you most of all for the gift of your son the presence of your Holy Spirit, for your love which is with us all of the time. Father as we think of the world around us we pray for it, We, we bring it to you now as we pray. A world where brokenness and hurt are so obvious. Where sometimes there is more harm shown than love. And so we pray for all of those in our world in need. For those who hunger. For justice. For food for those who thirst, for fresh, clean water to drink or for righteousness. Lord, may they know your love. May they know your sustenance. May they know your feeding and your hand guiding them and keeping them safe. We pray for those who leave behind war zones. Those who flee from fear and violence and hatred. Those who seek refuge on other shores. And we pray, Lord, that they would find openness and sanctuary rather than indifference and closed borders. We pray for all of those on journeys across borders, across land, across sea, who find themselves in tents, or sleeping under open skies, or cast adrift on a tiny boat on an open sea. May they know your hand guiding them, and may they find the sanctuary that they seek. And so, Lord, we pray for our politicians, for those in power across our world and here closer to home, at Westminster and at Holyrood. Lord, may they use their power and their influence to work together for the good of all. May they seek justice. May they govern with mercy. May there be grace in their their rules and in their dealings with all. Father, as we come closer to home, we think of our own community at this time. We think of those known to us who are ill at home or in hospital. Those who are in care homes and those who care for those who are. Lord, we pray that those who are ill, either in body and mind or in spirit, would know your hand of healing upon them and would know your wholeness and what it is to be well. And for those who love and care for them, Lord, may they know your love as it encircles them tenderly. May they know your comfort and take their worries and their cares for their loved one away, Lord. Father, we pray for those who mourn. May they know your love in the species left behind. May they know your comfort and your care in the days ahead. And Lord, as we sit before you in the peace, we offer the prayers of our hearts to you. Father, we lift those prayers to you now. In the name of Jesus Christ your Son and our Saviour and Lord, together with the words that Jesus taught us to say together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you to everybody who's taken part this week. I really hope that our worship together has blessed you and that it's given you some food for thought for the week ahead and that it is really helping you in, in your relationship with God as we go through each day in these ways and in these days. As we go from this moment, from this time and this space, may you know God. The God who loves you and blesses you. The God who cares about you and holds you fast. The God who knows and has lived your sorrow and hurt. The God who rejoices with you in the moments of celebration. May you know God, lifting you and holding you, and singing his love song over you. Go then in the peace of God, and may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and bless you, tonight, today and for evermore. Amen.